Happy spooky season, everybody. I'm Ryan. I, I'm Count Dancula. Ooh. Very nice. And we are your small town nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Small Town Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things nerdy, and this month, all things spooky. Daniel, how are you? I'm I'm feeling properly terrified, Ryan. I'm, I'm As you should be. I'm scared of everything. Every time I look out the window, I feel like I see a, a spooky, scary skeleton, and it sends shivers down my spine, but... Just don't look in a mirror. Hey, I'm not skinny. You can't call me a skeleton. That's not what I was referring to, but okay. Oh, you're calling me ugly. Very original. Congratulations. No, I was saying that you're not going to see anything because you're a vampire. Oh, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. No, I was calling you ugly. Oh. Ouch. I'm just playing. Well, yeah, well, transition. I don't (laughs) don't know what to come up with for a segue, but it's spooky season. So, uh, also spooky is werewolves. And speaking of werewolves, Marvel Studios literally just released, uh, like, I don't know, 12-ish hours ago, uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, That is their first special presentation from Marvel Studios. And it was entirely in black and white, not bad at all either not entirely in black and white it was almost entirely in black and white yeah it it was i would say 95 percent. no 99 percent black and white yeah the uh bloodstone that showed up red but yes about it so yes werewolf by night premiered this morning at 2 a.m daniel and i have both watched it already um it is the directorial debut of one michael giacchino Dechino? Uh, I don't ask Dechino? him to pronounce it. It's he's got a last he's one, name. He, that it has he's got a last name. I I love him as a composer. He's one of my favorite composers, and now he's a director, and I think he did a remarkable job. I think this this first special from Marvel is very special. I I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was not really at all what I was expecting. I was expecting there would be a lot more werewolf in it, but mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily upset about that. You know. Uh, turned out very well, and uh, not really a spoiler because it was shown in the trailer, but Man-Thing also makes his MCU debut in this special. Indeed. And he looks just so great. Yeah, he looks awesome. I, it, it was a lot of fun seeing him. I don't know how I feel about him only making, like, uh, like elephant sounds, but... Meh, it's it's fine. Yeah, I, I haven't I'm read sure any this comics, won't be his so. only... I'm sure he'll be back. I haven't read any of his comics, so I have no idea if he is able to speak in those. But I know he is the Marvel equivalent of Swamp Thing, so I'm I'm fairly certain he can talk. And by fairly certain, I mean I saw him in Injustice 2, he was able to talk. And in the new Harley Quinn show, he's able to talk. So that's about all I know. Yeah, I thought thought this special was was well-directed. It was well-shot. It was very reminiscent of older universal monster movies and i thought it was a great callback to those kind of things it was a lot more gory than i was expecting yeah, correct me if i'm wrong but this disney was, plus pg-13 was this pg-13 or was it tv mature i, I thought it was pg-13 tell you what i've got uh my phone here because i have a list on it that we're going to be using later i'm going to pull up disney plus and i'm going to check and see logging if, in so am i i have the app open right now now it's a race i'm already on tv 14 dang 
All right. Yeah, so it's listed as TV-14, but there's a surprising amount of blood and gore. Now, Although can... I, th- I think I've heard some things that because it's in black and white and you can't see, like, the red color of blood, you can get away with more. And because it's kind of that old-timey situation, some of the dismemberment that may happen in this special isn't really as graphic and realistic, so they can get away with more. Yeah, it's uh, since it's in black and white, it all just looked like oil so i'm sure that's, that's yeah i'm sure that's some going for well it's probably in the same same veins as how back in the day um titanic was pg but it had you know the drawing scene i suppose that would never fly today as just pg and then wasn't um schindler's list PG. Okay, I cannot accept that Schindler's or list. Or PG-13. Schindler's... Schindler's list, there we go. Is it PG or PG-13? Uh, That's a great question. I am taking a look right now. We watched it back in high school, and I just remember um, we had talked about it. About There's a lot of like nudity in the movie, especially during the one scene. But because of the content... um. Steven Spielberg really kind of pushed for it to be lowered and kept at that lower rating because it's not supposed to be really taken in a, in a, in a crude or sexual way. It was really just kind of like a, a realistic portrayal of what happened. And he didn't want the movie to be barred to a higher rating because of that. Yeah, so it is rated that R. Scene. Oh, it is rated R now? Yes. Oh, then what was I thinking of? Maybe... Maybe they just were able to show it on TV or something. I don't know. Couldn't there was some ya. kind of controversy behind that scene. Um, yeah, all I know is it's rated R. That's what I'm seeing online right now. Uh, no. I So I knew it was a long movie. Ryan, take a guess what the runtime is. Three hours? Three hours, 15 minutes. Damn. Yeah. That's longer than I thought. It's got some really good ratings, too. I'm going to have to check this out it does. later. It's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in, what, like, how long has it been since we were in that class? Like, five years? Six years? I think it was sophomore year, so six, seven years. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's been a while. We're old. We're not that old. We're older. Yeah, we're coming up on, well, I'm coming up on 23. I guess you are too, but I am older than you, so. Yes, you are. But anyways. But speaking of older, World by Night. Yeah. It's supposed to look older, and I think it pulled it off. Old-timey effects, old-timey cinematography, special effects kind of stuff. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, so they did apply some kind of like a really grainy filter over the entire mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and I think that, you know, it got them the desired effect. But one thing that did bother me a little more than it had any right to, uh, if you were looking in the top right corner of the screen, probably Did a you see the little... Like a black little, spot just showed yep, up. And show up. I, I'm sure that's probably just... Uh, Oh, it was intentional. I know it was intentional, but it was in the exact same spot every single time. So the only thing that bothers me a little bit is that it was always right there. It makes it look a little bit more artificial. Now, I'm sure that this... I'm not even sure. I know. This is a very small nitpick, but it it did still bother me more than it had any right to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it. I really only noticed it once. I, I noticed it basically every time it showed up. Well, I guess you're more attentive than I am. Clearly. Or I'm more attentive on the story and you're more wandering. Well, I can pay attention to both. I suppose you can. So, yeah, that's that's about it for Werewolf by Night. What, what, would, it, what, what would you, like, give this uh, 
out of ten full moons? Um, probably like eight, eight and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think eight, eight and a half is pretty good. I, I, I feel like this, this is going to be one of those things that maybe will grow on me with time, maybe a little bit more, maybe push it up to a, to a nine. I don't really know the characters all that well. Neither do so I. So I don't really have like a connection to it. If I were connected to the characters a little bit more, perhaps that would have made it more impactful. Yeah, the only but... three people whose names stuck with me at all were Jack, Elsa, mm-hmm. and Ted. Yeah. Well, spoiler. Eh, whatever. Although I, I think that I think that might be his actual name in the in the comics. I, I believe it is. Man thing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I I, I love that little moment. That was that was a fun moment. Yeah. Uh, the only other downside I saw to this was that uh, he didn't look very werewolf esque. Just a really hairy dude. Well, I mean that's when you're when you're thinking of like the older older kind of monster movies that's kind of what werewolves looked like oh yeah but i was expecting more kind of wolfy yeah maybe in future projects he'll show up and he'll look a little bit more wolfy you know, yeah, may- maybe his... because this wasn't a natural transformation it's possible uh perhaps perhaps maybe so it... also do you think do you think elsa is going to show back up she might i don't know i don't really want to i don't want to spoil the end and why i think it's possible that she will but I would be interested, and especially, it seems as if we're coming into a more paranormal, super superstitious kind of version or supernatural sphere of supernatural is the word I was looking for. Supernatural sphere of the MCU with with uh, heroes like Blade and the Black Knight and Moon Knight. I think they could show up. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, when do you think that this takes place in comparison to the rest of the MCU? I mean, this has to take place back in like the. I don't know, sometime in the 1900s, early 1900s maybe? Now, you do say that, but the whole thing starts, the title sequence, with the six OG Avengers in, like, Yeah, but that could could just be one of those things where it's, like, an all-knowing narrator, and they're like, so you know this part of the MCU, but you don't know this part. I suppose. I'm probably going to end then up it's rewatching it sometime you back. this month. I'm probably going to rewatch it sometime this month. So Yeah, I, I probably I do, will closer, I'll, maybe to Halloween. I'll pay a little bit more attention to that portion. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll be able to say for sure when it does take place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but speaking of Halloween, we are doing a little bit of something different this month with the whole Small Town Nerds podcast and the rapid review segment. Um, so this month is Spooky Month. Spooky season, and every week, every episode this month for four episodes, or, yeah, four episodes of the podcast, we are going to do a different horror movie or kind of horror-esque Halloween-themed review segment. This week, obviously, was Werewolf by Night, MCU's first special. Next week, we are going to do Halloween versus Halloween, Halloween 1978, the original um, slasher film starring Michael Myers. The character Michael Myers, not the actor Michael Myers. Oh, I think he versus, was by Mike Myers, so there's there's enough distinction there. Oh, well, you know, maybe. Versus 2018's reboot Halloween. We are doing it next week because I believe next Friday, the final movie in the rebooted Halloween trilogy, Halloween Ends, comes out. Whether or not we actually go and see that movie, I don't know if you have any interest in seeing it. I kind of want to see it, but I don't know if I will. But if we do, maybe we'll do a Halloween versus Halloween and then kind of a little bit of extra Halloween. Yeah. 
I mean, I haven't uh, looked into showtimes or anything like that, but I wouldn't be opposed to going. It'll probably be on a Tuesday <laughs> night when it's cheap, but... I think it'd be a fun movie. Yeah. And then the following week, we are going to do our kind of a general discussion of our favorite Halloween movies, or favorite horror movies, rather. Some of my favorite, some of Daniel's favorite. We're going to have a little bit of a little bit of a mashup. And then finally, on Halloween Day, we are going to be discussing and reviewing two of arguably the best horror movies of all time, The Shining and The Exorcist. Two movies that I have never seen, but I have really wanted to see, and I will finally have a chance, and a reason, and a purpose, and hopefully they live up to the expectations. Yeah, I have seen The Shining. I don't know if I've seen The Exorcist. I might have. I don't know. I was just doing some research, and in, in not I, I wouldn't say pretty much unanimously, but very often those two movies are at the top of the list for best horror movies of all time. Yeah, even though Stephen King really did not like The Shining movie at all. Well, yeah, The Shining as an adaptation is terrible. Yeah. It's not a good adaptation, or so I've been told. But as a movie, a lot of people love it. So So you got all that to look forward to this month, or in mm-hmm. future episodes if you're listening to this like three years from now or something. Yeah, well, not future episodes, in the following episodes. I guess. If they're in the future, then they wouldn't be future episodes, Daniel. Unless maybe they just decided to listen to episode 9 out of absolutely nowhere. No, they, they still wouldn't be future episodes. Whatever. Get It'd up. be following episodes hey, Ryan, if they're in the future. Ryan, my back? I need you to get just all the way off of it. Mm, I suppose so. We have a lot to discuss anyways today. Yeah, so let's move on. So uh, something that we intended to do a little while ago and we're finally getting to today... We're going to talk about uh, our personal favorite movies because we can. It's our podcast. Shut up if you don't like it. Which I have a little distinction to make. So, Daniel, you did your top ten favorite movies, correct? Uh, Yes. So, for me, I have an issue with with naming favorites. So, I didn't really rank my movies and I didn't really go my top ten. I more so went ten movies that are some of my favorite movies and then hold some kind of extreme emotional or sentimental value to me like these are the movies that i will always love for one reason or another you know what? and that's why they're some of my favorites i'm gonna so. actually you no know i'm gonna probably actually disregard my number ranking because for the most part i am in the same boat there are a couple movies that i probably would put at the spot that they are currently sitting in on this list that i have mm. sitting in front of me but to be fully honest, I kind of just looked at my movie collection and I was like, yes, that is one of my favorites. That's one I like to watch all the time. That's another really great one. Uh, so this isn't even necessarily entirely accurate as far as my favorite movies go. There's a lot more that I also really love. Some I might sometimes think of are better than the ones that I'm going to be listing today. But it's hard to say because as a person, I change and therefore my taste changes. Yeah. I think I think favorite movie is a very circumstantial kind of grading system. Oh, favorite anything, because really. my my favorite movie could change in ten years. It could change based on how I'm feeling. It could change based on the season or what holidays are coming up. But these movies, I'm almost guaranteed I'm going to love forever, just because they are attached in some way, shape, or form to a memory or something that happened to me that I just really love these movies. So that's why I consider them some of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. So So with that being said, Ryan, I know that you said that you're going to start off with what's at your 
top spot. Yes, I'm, I'm going to start with my most obvious and probably what I would say is my favorite movie of all time, although Daniel disagrees that it's not one movie. I'm also going to start with my top, but I'll let you go first so I can yell at you. All right, so obviously I chose The Lord of the Rings. They're not uh, all one movie. <laughs> They're three separate movies, you idiotic piece of crap. Um, No. I like to say that it's all one movie because that way I can say that The Lord of the Rings is my favorite movie of all time. It's a, And, of course, it has to be the extended edition, so it's one 12, 13-hour movie. Viewing it as God decided that it should be. I didn't realize that you worship Peter Jackson, but all right. Well, not that, not Peter Jackson, God. <laughs> yeah, so I will agree that Lord of the Rings are good movies. They didn't make my list at all. Um, they made mine. Well, obviously. I th- well, okay, so my reasoning behind it is that, Daniel, you know that I'm a huge fantasy guy. Yes. Anything really that's fantasy, Lord of the Rings... Game of Thrones, not really Narnia, but I, I, I read them. Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, all those things. I love fantasy, and Lord of the Rings is one of those franchises that just got me into it. And as far as books go, Lord of the Rings, in my opinion, is one of the greatest books ever written. Never read or it. Six greatest books ever written, because technically it's six, but I, again, count kind of count it as one, one work. And just the fact that as far as adaptations go, they're hard to do. And I think Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest adaptations of all time. And as a trilogy, I think it's probably the greatest trilogy ever made. Suck on that, Star Wars. Strongly disagree. No, Lord of the Rings is better than Star Wars. It's, It's just that easy. It's a debate for another time. It is a debate for another time, one that I will win because it's true. But yeah, so Lord of the Rings, it's just, it, it, I, I view the Lord of the Rings as kind of the foundation of my love for fantasy, and those movies, the foundation of my love for fantasy movies, and just of movies in general. So yeah, Lord of the Rings is an, a very obvious pick for one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie of all time. Fair enough. Uh, I do disagree, just with the fact that you call it all one movie. <laughs> um, Whatever. But... Well, I wasn't going to put three separate movies on this list. But if you're really going to complain that much, then yes. Those three movies are three of my favorite. If I had to rank them, I'd probably go in reverse order and say Return of the King, Two Towers, and then Fellowship. Fair enough. Um, For my number one spot, it's a movie that in the last year I have watched at least once a month. Uh, There have been times I've watched it once a week. I've, I've watched it at least a dozen and a half times in the last year. I'll say that. And my pick for this... Wait, 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 wait. Can I guess? Go for it. Can I Can I make a couple hint guesses first? What do you mean hint guesses? Is it in the MCU? No. Okay. Is it Interstellar? It is. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I, I just had to clarify that it wasn't. I love Interstellar so much. It's uh, from my favorite director, um, Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan, whatever you want to call him. He's done other things such as... Good old Chris. Done other things such as the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception. Uh, ooh, Ryan, I think I might know another hmm. one that's on your list. Is it the, Do you have the Dark Knight on your list? I do not, actually. Oh, wow, okay. No, so, so my thing about the Dark Knight is that I only watch for the Joker scenes. Ah, uh, fair enough. So I can't really count the whole movie. Fair enough. That's not fair. Uh, yeah, whatever. Christopher Nolan, he's a great director. But the thing I love about Interstellar so much is, one, it is very space-centric. 
I'm a huge space nerd, as you heard. Was it last week that we talked about the NASA DART mission? A week yes. or two ago? I can't it really remember. It was last week. So I'm a huge space nerd. Uh, I think that this movie is very well made. It tells a very, what could be considered confusing, but a very clear story. Um, minor spoiler alert, I guess. It's really just a synopsis, but Earth is dying. They go to other planets to find a new home for humanity. That's the easiest way to put it. But uh, in doing so, you know, there's a very strong themes that center around family and love in general. And a se- it just it gives you a sense of belonging and the, the pain that you feel watching uh, the main characters experiences. It's it's beautiful. I just I love it so much. I don't want to give anything away because if someone hasn't seen it, they might get a little upset, but I don't know. Ryan, have you seen Interstellar? I have not, but I will say even even if I did see it, it probably wouldn't make my top 10 just because I'm not as big of a space guy as you are. Yeah. I'm not really uh, a sci-fi I will say guy. every single movie that I wrote down would be considered sci-fi well over <laughs> fantasy. Well, I actually I can't even say that most of mine are fantasy either. Mine are just... You, you'll you'll see <laughs> mine are, mine's a weird bunch uh yeah so whatever interstellar it's a great movie watch it if you haven't already i'm probably gonna watch it again tonight now that we're talking about it just because i love it that much and it's been about a oh, month bravo. since i watched last it last watched it mm-hmm. i said that wrong so anyways yeah. uh interstellar yeah continuing on ryan uh what <laughs> else did you put down so this next one I don't even know if you have ever seen it. Let's find out. But this is a movie that, for my childhood, this movie and this franchise really kind of dominated my life for a long time. Can It is. Can I guess? Well, you want to take a guess? Yeah, take a guess. So is it animated? It is, and it's not How to Train Your Dragon, so don't make that guess. Is it Land Before Time? Indeed it is. It is the Land Before Time. I have seen it, but it has been at least a full decade since I last watched um, it. Because I haven't the had longest a time in over a decade. <laughs> so so for the longest time, uh, when I lived at home back in high school and my first two years of college, I always had a VHS player next to my Xbox and my PlayStation and my, my TV and everything, almost exclusively for these movies. So that whenever I was feeling nostalgic, I just just take find my collection of all the Land Before Time movies and just slide one of them in and watch it. And the original Land Before Time, it's just it, it's leagues better than all the other direct-to-video sequels. This one was actually theatrically released, and it also is has one of the saddest death scenes in movies. Like, it's heartbreaking when Littlefoot's mom dies. Spoiler for a, a, an older movie. Yeah, but so... it, it, this movie just it really dominated my, my childhood as a dinosaur kid. So, yeah. All right. I will say. Land Before Time. I will say. Uh, I just did a cursory Google search, and I believe you probably could hear me typing. But... Yeah, unfortunately, I cannot find any places from a quick look that you will be able to watch Land Before Time for free. Uh, legally, I should say. 
Uh, I'm sure there are places that you could find it pirated. I cannot condone that. Um, it is. It, I, I, I will not mm -hmm. say that it's a good thing to do. And we'll leave it at that. Do with the information as yeah. you will. I mean, I, it's a great movie. I, I love the movie. Um, yeah. Um, do you want to take a guess and uh, tell tell me who you think the executive producers were for that movie? Executive producers? Well, I know for a fact that the director was Don Bluth. Yep, Don Bluth directed it, but do you know who the producers were? Uh, It'll blow your mind. That is a great question. Three names that you will immediately recognize. The Land Before Time was executively produced by Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, you ruined it with the last one. Yeah, but I mean, she before the whole like sequel series, she did a lot with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. So, oh, actually, I mean, she was the, she was producer for E.T. and Jurassic Park as well. Uh, I would she was like chosen to by really quick just to put out there, what? Kathleen Kennedy was a co-executive producer with Frank Marshall. Uh, Steven yes, Spielberg yes, and yes. George Lucas were the prime, the main executive producers. Okay, but she was still attached to the project. Uh, I only included her because I knew you would react to the name. I, I don't like her. But yeah, Steven Spielberg and, and Spielberg, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas produced this. All right, so this film, which I just find yeah awesome. Now you're not going in any particular order except for Lord of the Rings, correct? Yeah, uh, all the rest are just kind of in any given order. Yeah, so I do not have any animated movies on mine. Uh, hmm. But I will mention one that I've talked about before on this podcast. Do you want to guess? I don't have one. I don't. I don't know. We talked about what it a couple weeks ago. You say? Based on the graphic novels of the same ago. name, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ah. Oh wait. What? I thought you were talking about an animated movie. No, I said that I don't have any animated movies on my list. Oh, the way you phrased it, I thought you were just going to toss out an animated movie. But okay, nah. go ahead. Yeah. So Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I talked about it. Uh, episode. Oh, not an episode. Maybe like two or three weeks ago. Uh, it's a great movie. Graphic novels are also great. Uh, since watching it and recording that last episode, I've actually watched a decent amount of videos on it on YouTube, just because you know why not. Um, and in doing so, you know. I kind of realized the main character, Scott Pilgrim, kind of not a great person, like, at all, at least in this version. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's got a whole lot of an arc in bettering himself. I know that the movie would like it to seem as though he does, but it doesn't really come across that way. Um, but it's still a really fun watch, and it, yeah, I, I don't want to go too much into it because I talked about it a lot earlier. It's a great movie. I'll just say that. All right. Okay. Well then, um, I don't, I don't know. Are you going in? Are you sticking to a particular order? No. I, or are you just going to kind of? I started with my number off? one because that is my favorite movie. Otherwise, the rest of these are all kind of just clumped together in other movies that I thoroughly enjoy. So then I have this or these movies listed next, and we might as well just because I know that you have them on your list, we might as well just talk about them next. Yep. So that would that be would be a two for one. Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. Indeed. So I uh, put this down on my list at under one slot because originally Avengers 
uh, 3 and 4 were supposed to be a part 1 and part 2, but they changed it for reasons. Whatever, we don't have to get into it. But, yeah. Um, they are just, they're great movies. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect ending to the Infinity Saga. I know that technically No Way Home was the last movie in that saga, but... Yeah, it's more like an epilogue. It's an epilogue. It's not the final chapter in the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Uh, it's it was a wonderful goodbye to so many of our favorite characters, uh, whether they died or retired or whatever it is that they chose to do. You know, Tony Stark, who was originally this extremely self-centered and selfish person, sacrificed himself to save fifty percent of all life in the universe minus one. Um, and Infinity War, well, no, I shouldn't go to Infinity War. Captain America, you know, someone who's always been very open very helpful to everyone he knows uh he finally became a little bit selfish and he took the ending that he's always deserved uh black widow you know it's kind of a sad ending for her but she uh yeah she sacrificed herself i mean she gave her life for her family yeah it's just and that's something that she held dear to her it's i can say confidently that there are I think three movies that I have ever cried during, maybe four. Mm. Uh, Endgame, Logan, Infinity War. I don't know the other. Infinity War was probably one. Of, I wasn't there for that one. Yes, you were. Not for Infinity War. Oh, no. not Infinity I went to a War. Separate uh, I was thinking Logan. Uh, I was there for Logan, and yes. I can't recall if the first time I watched Interstellar, if I cried at a certain point, because there is a specific scene in this movie that's ex- incredibly emotional uh yeah but endgame is the most i have ever cried in a single movie um i initially had just endgame until we discussed it beforehand and and then i kind of lumped infinity war and endgame my reasoning was because i think infinity war is the better movie but i view endgame as for me the more rememberable movie just because of of the entire event that was Avengers Endgame. Like, for us, we went with a, a whole group of us. We strolled up to the movie theater blasting the Avengers theme song in our cars. We're, we come out with matching quantum suit hoodies on. Except for Brody. We're taking pictures. Oh yeah, except for Brody. We're getting pictures taken of us in the theater, and we're posing, and we're having a great time, and then we're all, like, in the middle of the theater... And it's just a huge culmination of everything that we've been dreaming about. And just the last half hour of the movie just being a nerd's dream come to life. It's just such a, a, it's one of those moments that I'll just forever have in my brain. And it's probably top five moments of my life. I'll agree with you on that And it's one. just, it, it, it's, there's no way that I can't put it on this list. Because it's just one of those movies that I will just always remember. Yeah. Um... I, I explain it to my parents. It's like. If I was a super football fan and I got to go to a Super Bowl, that moment would probably always live with me. This, the premiere of Endgame, isn't like that for me. It's just one of those once in a lifetime. I wish I could go back and relive just to experience that kind of energy again. Uh, the chills that ran down my spine throughout that entire movie. It's just. It, yeah, it was just. Because, I mean, I've been watching Marvel Studios movies in theaters. Every single one since Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, when Iron Man came out in 2008, I was 
eight years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't. I I love superheroes, but I didn't really understand what they were doing. And also, my family didn't have a ton of money, so we didn't go to the theaters too terribly often. Uh, but once I started getting my own money, I started to go to theaters all the time. So, yeah. uh, being able to just see this final chapter in characters that I grew up with, it was just so satisfying, heartbreaking, and just amazing. It was great. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we yeah. we've geeked out on uh, Avengers Endgame enough. Um, yeah. Infinity so War, how about just how about you? Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Infinity War. Just, I think it's the better movie. It's a better made movie, but Endgame is a better It's It's a part one to a part two. It's a part one to a part two. So the part one is better, but part two is just... It's the, the memorable part. It's the, it's the frosting. It's the dessert. It's the everything you want. It's not the healthiest, but it's what you want. Yeah. Just... So. It was. It, it's a nerd's dream. We'll say that. Whatever. It is. Um. So since that was also something on my list, I will go to. Uh, oh no! You, yeah. You, you just take the next. Yeah, one. Yeah. I'll go to a different movie. What else do I have on here? Let's step away from Marvel for a minute. Actually, uh, I will put out Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Blah. Yeah, I know Ryan's not a Star Wars guy. He's not a sci-fi guy in general nope. for the most part. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie, hands down. It had the epic reveal that, spoiler alert, Darth Vader was Luke's father. Predictable. I mean, not necessarily. Predictable. Whatever. Uh, Haven't you ever seen Pitch Perfect, Daniel? Yeah, I have. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the people that were watching it in theaters knew that Darth Vader was going to be Luke's father. I'm sure that people had their theories but that doesn't necessarily mean that they knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I'm sure it was a great reveal at the time. Yeah, uh, it's got some excellent scenes that are referenced throughout cinema and TV, whatever, media throughout the ages since that movie came out. Uh, I think that, in my personal opinion, the most iconic from that movie would probably be, other than, you know, the uh, Luke, I am your father. No, it's not Luke, I am your father. It's no... I am your father. That's the real quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, because everyone knows that, I think the battle on Hoth is just, it's great. I love it so much. I geek yeah. out like a little girl every time it comes on, watching the, uh, what are they, are they the, are those land speeders? No, they're not land speeders. Whatever the ship is that the uh, rebels are using to tie up the Adats, I just, I love it. It's, it's I think great. I've only seen that movie once in eighth grade. Yikes. And yeah, I've seen it once and I'm I think I'm good. Yeah, one of these days you'll you're gonna I don't care what you say, uh we will make a weekend out of it. Uh one day we will watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies extended cut. And of course and the other day we will watch either episodes one through six or just four through six of Star Wars. Depends how early we wake up and how uh, late we need to well, we we would watch uh, one through six. We'd watch the six because that would make it roughly an even showtime. Well, each one of the Star Wars movie ha- movies has a runtime of two and a half to three hours. That's the only. Well, reason so then I'm maybe sure. we would, maybe we would stick to the prequel trilogy because that's the better one. Might throw Revenge of the Sith in there. Wait, the pre? Did you say prequel trilogy? <laughs> yes, I said prequel trilogy. Ryan, no. What? Not at all. That's that, that can't possibly be your honest opinion, that the prequel trilogy is better than the OG's trilogy. 
next movie. All right, you're up, champ. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my next movie, once again, is a movie from my childhood. In my opinion, it's my favorite Disney animated movie. Danny, you want to take a Lion take King. a swing? Incorrect. Really? Yes, it's my favorite. Lion King's a good movie, but this is my favorite Disney animated movie. I watched. It was probably the movie I watched the most uh, when I was a kid. I used to run around pretending I was him. It is, of course, Tarzan. Okay, yeah. Disney's Tarzan. I, I just, I, I was Tarzan. I would run around with, in my underwear, with a blanket wrapped around my waist, running on all fours, climbing on the furniture, pretending I was Tarzan. I would go outside and climb the trees. I just loved the movie. So is that why you have it, long it just, hair now? Of course. I'm still hoping that Disney will give me a call and say, hey, Ryan, we know you're a super Tarzan fan. We want you to play Tarzan. That's how casting works. Well, I thought that your, so, I thought your whole plan started with you being cast as a Power Ranger. Exactly. So my goal was Power Ranger, Tarzan, Marvel. That was my three-step process of getting into a, a Marvel movie. And Ryan, do you have any um, acting experience? No. Hmm. I'm also getting to that point where I'm starting to age out of Power Ranger castability. So, well, maybe in the uh, next movie, since they, I think they're making another live-action uh, Power Rangers modern-day movie, whatever. So maybe maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and they'll recast everyone and do another reboot. Because in Hollywood, maybe, but... there's 23 to well, yeah, 28 year olds that play uh, that play teenagers all the time. Yeah. But yes, Tarzan, the animated Disney Tarzan, I think is it, it it probably is my favorite Disney animated movie. I just love it. I love the I love the music in it. I love the animation. I love the story, the character of Tarzan. Just everything just spoke to me when I was a kid and I will always remember that movie for yeah, just being a fantastic movie. Yeah, Phil Collins had no right to go as hard as he did. <laughs> he had no right, but he did. Yeah. So I will uh, put out another one. This has been one of my favorite movies since I was probably seven years old. Ryan, want to guess? I'll give you a hint. It is Marvel, and it is live action. Is it one of the Spider-Man movies? It is one of the Spider-Man movies. Is it Spider-Man 2? It is not. It is Spider-Man, just Spider-Man from 2002. Just Spider-Man. I thought you were about to say Spider-Man 3. I'm like, okay, hold up. Yeah, well, actually, Spider-Man 3 is phenomenal for extremely different reasons. <laughs> uh, indeed it's, indeed it's a it great is. meme movie meme movie not a meme movie i don't know what a meme movie would be anyways spider-man from 2002 that's the movie that uh, really got me into uh the whole superhero scene um i think that Tobey Maguire did a pretty good job as peter parker and i guess spider-man but he's a little too awkward to deliver those those quips but he still did a great job very memorable uh, theaters always clapped. Well, not always. Theaters clapped when he came back to the big screen in Spider-Man: No Way Home. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Minor spoiler for a movie that you probably have heard of. It was spoiled months before it even came out. Um, yes, it was. That was not a very well kept secret. I don't think that it was even. They were even trying to keep it a secret. I'm sure that they they hired people to leak this information selectively leak it yeah so that it looked like oh no this information keeps getting out and it was actually part of their marketing scheme 
not a bad scheme. Yeah, I think it's but yeah, I think that's a it's a great origin story. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin is iconic. You can't recast him. Literally, they brought no, him can't. back in No Way Home so that he could be in another movie. That's it. He's just he's yeah. great. Uh I know that a lot of people prefer Spider-Man 2 and I'll agree that again, it is a better movie, just like Infinity War is better than Endgame, but Spider-Man holds a special place in my heart, and it always will. That's another movie I'm going to have to rewatch this weekend. Bravo. Good pick. It's a good movie. Yes, it is. Go ahead, Ryan. You can put your next one out there. So my next one is an odd one because I think on most days, I probably wouldn't even consider this movie one of my favorites. But for what it did, I kind of have to. So this movie is The Conjuring. Okay. And it's an interesting movie because I really enjoy horror movies. Yes, yes. And I'm also dabbling in some writing, and I'm finding myself kind of drawn to some horror writing as well. Horror. Make sure you really enunciate that last R. Otherwise, it comes off as a bad word. Well, maybe I was referring to that. Oh, maybe you were. Maybe I was. Um, But, yeah, so The Conjuring was kind of – my first real dive into some horror genre media. I think the only other scary movie that I watched was Paranormal Activity. And that, I mean, that's not really that great of a movie. But The Conjuring, as a movie, it really can stand its, it, or it can hold its own. It's, it's a good movie, and it does have some genuine scares in it. And the franchise that it's built off of is surprisingly successful. I mean, I, I think I dragged you to one of the Annabelle movies. Yes, you did. Uh, that was back when I did not like scary movies <laughs> And I at also, all. I also dragged Tori to one of the the Annabelle movies as a surprise early on when we were dating. Somehow it still worked out, but I, I just I I view the horror or the Conjuring as kind of my my kickstart into the horror genre, and for that I have to give it credit and I have to put it on this list is one of the most important and favorite movies. All right. A really quick aside, just on the uh, surprising people with horror movies. Uh, <laughs> I did not go with them, but a bunch of my brother's friends brought him to see it chapter two without telling him what movie they were seeing. So the night after, well, the night night of, I guess uh, I kind of borrowed his car keys and I took a red balloon from the movie theater. Cause I was also <laughs> seeing a movie there that night. I borrowed his car keys. I took a red balloon from the theater and I taped it to the uh, like the roof of his car, so it looked like there was a red balloon floating in there. And I, th- yeah, I think that was that's funny. genius. Um, so I actually almost put it on this list instead of the Conjuring, because I think I like it better than Conjuring. But the Conjuring had a bigger because, impact on you. Yeah, it had a bigger impact because I saw that movie first, and it kind of was what got me into the horror movies. Because if I didn't see the Conjuring, I probably wouldn't have seen it. So fair enough. That's why I have to put it on the list. Well, hey, I'm gonna put this out here. Another Marvel movie that was very influential for me as a person. Uh, one of the older Marvel Studios films. Ryan, do you want to put a guess out there? One of the older ones. Yeah. Um, how old are we talking? Are we talking? I'm not gonna before Phase I'm, Three. I am not going to say how old it is. Well, then, but it was older inf- could be anything in... from a young age. Um, so 
from a young age, it could be my my initial three guesses are Winter Soldier, the original Avengers, or Iron Man. I'll give you another hint. It was one of those three. It was one of those three. That does not help me. I was, it was confident Iron it was Man. one of those three. So you okay. That's that's early MCU. That is the beginning of the MCU. Yes. There's not a lot to say about it. It is an iconic film. Robert Downey Jr. really cemented his place as Tony Stark, and that's it. It's not like a, a super groundbreaking story or anything like that. It's a uh, guy that's kind of a selfish dick that becomes a hero, and that's there, there's not a ton to say, but it, it's it, one, it started the entire MCU, which is like my main passion now as far as movies go, and... I owe that movie a lot because that I think that was mm-hmm. the first Marvel Studios movie I watched. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I think I probably saw it. I think I might have got it as a Christmas gift in 2008. Yeah. So, yeah, I it, I might have seen it shortly after it came out. Yeah. But uh here's a I yeah. I have a funny side story. Go for it. Um, so I didn't get into the MCU until later, but I want to say I saw the Green Lantern movie uh. before any of the MCU movies. Okay. I think that what might have been one of my first <laughs> experiences of a superhero movie was the Green Lantern. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I got it for winning bingo at the hospital while my sister was in there for one of her concussions so and at at the time the green lantern was like a good movie i enjoyed it and then i saw real movies and my opinion changed pretty fast yeah i mean one of the fir- but yes the green lantern is not on this list yeah, I, mean, I want to clarify that one of the first superhero movies i watched outside of spider-man and iron man was ghost rider Heck yeah. And I was like, this is peak cinema. The guy is a flaming (laughs) skull. How much cooler can you get? Of course. Oh, how we change. Of course, now I realize it was not a very good movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's enough about not great movies. (laughs) Let's continue on with the good ones. Ryan, what do you have? So, my next one um uh, similar to the conjuring not necessarily one of my favorite movies but it's a movie that in my opinion is just one of the most solid movies the studio has ever made you 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 can't really argue that it's a bad movie i i would say this is the best movie disney has ever produced i i can't think of any movie that I would say is better than this. And of course I'm talking about Disney is prime main Disney. Is this the lion King? You can probably guess this is the lion King. I, I can't think of any movie that you can argue is better than the lion King. Of course that's being produced by Disney animation studios. It's just, it's the lion King. It's a near perfect Disney movie. The only argument that I could see be made is that the, the plot is too, formulaic compared to like i mean it's based on the hamlet or based on hamlet yes but if you use that argument then you have to use that same argument against a whole bunch of different movies so 
that argument aside, it's just a solid movie. It's a movie that I can turn on and enjoy anytime. The songs are immortal. The character design is genius. The whole idea of a Shakespearean story told by animals. Good one. Bravo. I I will say, Ryan, that is one of Dakota's favorite movies as well. You know, Andrew's fiance. Andrew, of course, Mm -hmm. being my brother, for those of you that don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Do with that information what you will. I, that's all I'm putting out there. I, I'm not saying anything good or bad about it. Well, you it. don't like The Lion King? I'm not, no, I'm not saying that I don't like it. I just don't think that it is as good as everyone else says. What what Disney movie would you put over it? I have no idea. It's, it's a good movie. It's a great movie, don't get me wrong. It didn't make my top ten. It's not something that I would well, yeah. look for specifically on Disney Plus when I'm looking for a movie. But, uh... No, you see, I, I, I see The Lion King as if I'm really just kind of looking for some movie I can put in the background and I'm kind of feeling a Disney classic, or if I'm watching my nephew and I need to put on a movie that I know will be amazing for both me and him to watch, it'd be The Lion King. I mean, it's, as I said, as a kid, big into animals like Tarzan in the land before time, dinosaurs kind of count as animals. The Lion King was just prime movies for me. Talking animals, heck yeah. So the Lion King, yeah, that makes my list. All right, fair enough. Um, here, I'm just going to go through these last ones that I have in the numerical order I originally put them in. These are, were the four that were at the bottom of my top ten. Uh, I'm going to say Back to the Future. Another solid pick. Have you seen it? I have not. Remind me to give you my movies anywhere password. You can watch it. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of movies in the next like six months that are on a list that I need to see, and it's a lot of older classic franchises. Yeah, so this is and yes, oh, Back to the Future is one. I am of course referring to the first one. Uh, if I were to rank all three of them, it would be the order of which they came out. But it's it's iconic. Guy accidentally goes back in time to the ni- to 1955. 30 years before his time and he accidentally makes his parents uh you know not get together so he has to fix that and it's just it's very well done i think that uh it it, yeah lego did a great lego delorean set too so there's that and of course i built that while watching all of the back to the future movies it's a solid pick just watch it if you haven't do you know who was the composer for that movie uh was that John Williams? Nope, it was Alan Silvestri, ah. who also did the Avengers yes, movies. Yes, he did. Except for Avengers Age of Ultron. He didn't do that one. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And that was directed by so, Steven Spielberg. Yes. So He's very talented. Great, great movie, great direction, great soundtrack. Haven't seen it. I'm sure I will at some point, though. Yeah, so check it out. Ryan, go ahead. Keep going. We're getting up there in time. Well, I warned you. This is going to be a, this is going to be a long episode. Yeah, we have but a I lot got of things to say about a lot of movies, and I want to keep playing it. Well, you're just going to have to hold on for a little bit longer. Also, I have to pee. My next one is one that you probably can't guess. It's a very situational movie as well, and I wasn't originally going to put this on the list either. But as I was thinking, as my mind track kind of changed from top ten to more like most influential kind of movies. This one came up just because 
Well, I'll just I'll just say the movie. It's The Polar Express. Really? Yes. Uh, it's my favorite Christmas movie. It's a movie that I watch every holiday season. I can't say this with a hundred percent fact, but I think I watched it with my mom for the first time when I was a kid, and my mom and I both share a, a very large love for Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. Daniel knows that I go kind of crazy around holiday or around Christmas time. I'm one of those people that as soon as Thanksgiving is over, I am listening to Christmas music 24/7. I love the winter, I love the snow. I go crazy with Christmas decorations. My mom is the same way. So this movie just in my mind, I just have a a connection and a resonation with with uh, the relationship between me and my mom and Christmas. So this movie is just, it holds a special place in that, in that holiday section of my heart. Yeah. Now in my holiday heart. I'll agree. It's enjoyable. It's not my personal favorite Christmas movie. That would probably be the elf. I was going to say die hard, but never seen that one either. Die Hard's a good movie and it is technically a Christmas movie. So, so yes, it's a Christmas movie, but is it like Christmas spirit movie? I mean, it's all about family. It's a movie that takes place during Christmas. Whatever. Uh, Polar Express, I think it's also a good movie. The only thing I don't like about it is the animation. Yeah, the animation's a little it's of its time, haunting. but I I find that in, in endearing. It's one of those movies that it found its place in time and it will forever be designated to that section of time, and that's fine by me. All right, fair enough. Uh, so for my next one, not a Christmas movie, although it does kind of, the title of it does kind of fit with the whole season, which of course would be Captain America the Winter Soldier. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, I was expecting this one somewhere. Yeah. So. I don't, no, I don't think it fits in with the holidays, but okay. No, no, I just said the season. Well, the, you said seasons, but I went off of the title fits, a Christmas movie. The title fits the season. The season being winter and the movie being Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Doesn't take place during the winter time. No, it does though. not. It's like spring or summer. So, but yeah, I'm not sure where you're getting at because it's not winter time now either. No, no, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the title fits the season similar to Polar Express. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll just leave you with your okay, with your logic. Whatever. It's it's a very weak connection, but we're going with it. <laughs> so Captain America: The Winter Soldier might be Marvel's magnum opus. At least you think. At least during Phase Two. Oh yeah, Phase up Two. To, yeah, up to, Phase One and Two for sure. Up to and through uh, the end of Phase Two. Yeah. So it's a phenomenally made movie. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of, like, political thrillers or spy movies, whatever, but this is phenomenal. Uh, the relationship that Cap has with Bucky is very clearly uh, illustrated in this movie. It's obvious that they were best friends, and it is haunting Steve about him, you know, not necessarily remembering him. And the internal war that he's having with himself between you know wanting to save everyone and also wanting to remain best of friends with bucky it's a great story i i love it i love it so much also it shows off that the government is corrupt indeed um yeah i think it's one of marvel's best 
movie. Yeah, for sure. As far as Marvel Studios movies go, if we're going off of quality and not personal impact or anything like that, it's probably my top five. Top five, easy, yeah. But yeah, so, that's Winter Soldier. I agree. Oh, so my next one, I think six months ago, this wouldn't have made the list, even even just saying most impactful. But as of recent developments, this movie most definitely is one of the most impactful. Can I guess? It's another Disney animated movie. Oh, no, never mind. What were you going to guess? Oh, well, you said up until six months ago. Or six months ago, you might not have said this, but recent developments. I was kind of thinking, oh, recently Spider-Man No Way Home returned to theaters. Maybe it's that. No. Um, This movie is another Disney animated movie. It is Tangled. Really? Yes, so Daniel, you probably should know that Tori and I, for our wedding, was there was a lot of Tangled inspired things in in our wedding. It's I believe it's Tori's favorite movie. She loves this movie. Rapunzel's her favorite princess. Um, we watched it all the time together while we were dating and engaged, and then. Um, the song "I See the Light" from Tangled was our first dance song, so okay, yeah. This movie obviously just has Tangled. a very yeah, it's from Tangled. So this this movie has a very intimate connection to me now. So it, and it it just so happens that I do love this movie. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's the best Disney princess movie as well. It's up there. I think this and Beauty and the Beast are my two favorite princess movies. Is Beauty and the Beast so, on there as well? Your list? It's not. Okay. Uh, I went back and forth, but if like six months ago, I probably would have put Beauty and the Beast on this list instead of Tangled, just because uh, Tori and I's first date was to Beauty and the Beast, the live action reboot. I wouldn't have put that one though. I would have put the original animated oh. one. But because because I got married and this movie was heavily. Uh, heavily i don't want to say heavily inspired heavily present in my wedding day this movie takes one of my slots in my top 10 yeah personally i would have put tangled above beauty and the beast regardless just because i prefer that movie uh also fun yeah little fact, but I w- i'm kind of going as like most impactful also fun little fact i also uh had it wasn't first date but i also had a date to see the live action remake of Beauty and the Beast. We are not together anymore, obviously. But hmm. yeah, I thought that was something worth mentioning. Fun little factoid. Yeah, so tangled. Yeah, very cool. Well hey, uh the reason I kind of was hoping you would say Spider Man No Way Home because uh is because Is that your next that one? That is my next one. Spider Man No Way Home. So Spider Man has always been probably my favorite comic book character. Uh you know he's very relatable. And even though I hate spiders, I love Spider-Man. Uh, that's it. But I have seen every Spider-Man in theaters now. Like, every Spider-Man actor, I should say. Uh, I went to see The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in theaters when that came out in t- 2014. That was one of the first 3D movies I went to see, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I spent the extra few bucks to see that. And I went with my mom. Love you, mom. Uh, she did not care for it as much, and upon rewatching, I do not care for it as much as I did when I first saw it either. Um, but anyways, 
Spider-Man No Way Home was a beautiful amalgamation of all three of these Spider-Men, and it is a fantastic telling of the MCU Spider-Man as well. You know, he puts aside everything that he holds near and dear to himself, and he forces everyone in the world to forget who he is. And Ryan and I actually have a lot of discussion about what that entails, you know, how does everyone forget? Indeed. Whatever. But, you know, he, he puts everyone else's safety above his relationships with them, and that's a very Peter Parker, Spider-Man thing to do. Even at the end, when he sees MJ working in that coffee shop, and he's tempted to say, hey, you and I were together, we're in love, whatever. And he decides, yeah, you know what? It's in their best interest to not know. They're going to be a lot safer without knowing who I am. And that's a very, a very powerful thing for Peter Parker to do. It's very in line with his canonical personality in the Marvel comics. And I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's a great movie. It is. Uh, I think, I think I almost put that movie on this list, but just the formation of my list kind of knocked that one out. But it's definitely one of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, so this is a very... Uh, I think we said it before, but I'll say it again. This is a very objective list to when I made it. It does not necessarily mean that these Subjective? Are my... Subjective, yeah. I think. Whatever the difference is. Uh, Subjective is like opinion. Objective are facts. Well, that's not necessarily true either, but... Whatever. Continue. Uh, this was just, you know, when I was making the list, I thought we were going to be recording this segment last week, but then Ryan said, nah, we're going to do it next week. And since then, I was too lazy to actually sit down and think, what are my favorite movies? These are just ones that I looked at on my shelf, and I was like, I really like that. Whatever. There might be movies I prefer. There might be movies that I, on here that I might not put on at another point in time. This is not a definite list. I mean, it's still a good selection. Yes, so far, I think it is. Yeah. So, uh, my next movie is one that you can probably guess. I would say this is my second favorite movie of all time. Can you get? It's my favorite animated uh, movie, bar none. I think. I, well, no, Daniel. You said that the one that I'm thinking is probably going to be your last one, so I'm not entirely sure. No, I said. Uh, no, I said I was going to move it towards the uh, end. How to Train Your Dragon. It is. It is How to Train Your Dragon. My favorite animated movie. Um, this and Lord of the Rings kind of bounce back and forth between what I consider my favorite movie. If I take all three lord of the rings and put them as one then that movie is number one if i have to split it into three then how to train your dragon becomes my favorite and you're i think the story are what? you just talking about the first one or are you talking about all the how to train your dragon no movies? i'm just talking just just the first okay. one okay just the first one i think the other two have great moments in them i i firmly believe that the first one is the best and in 2010 when this was released it should have won the oscar for best animated picture it lost out to toy story 3 which i think is a sham this movie is better well this movie should have won i think pixar just had precedence and also toy exactly story 3, i think was supposed to be the last toy story movie and it should have been yeah so it had like it had like baggage to it so that's why it won but no how to train your dragon should have won I, I, the themes in it the music is remarkable the tone the comedy the characters toothless's design his relationship with hiccup which is what i love about them the movie is very much about the relationship and the friendship between 
a boy and the dragon that he finds. It almost comes across as a boy and his dog movie. Exactly. And as a kid, when I saw it in theaters when I was 10 years old, and that immediately just attracted me to it. Of course, as I've stated multiple times, I was an animal or dinosaur kind of kid. So dragons just kind of make the logical leap over from dinosaurs to dragons. And then throwing in just the personality and and mannerisms of a dog or a cat just drew you to the character of Toothless. And of course, Hiccup being like a nerdy, small kind of kid, that that was who I was. So I just, I saw the movie and I immediately just saw myself in a relationship that I could have with a future pet. And I just fell in love with the movie. I saw the sequel when it came out back in 2014. And Daniel, I believe you, did you go to see um, The Hidden World, the third movie with me? Yeah, it was you. When it came out in theaters? Yeah, it was you, me, Tori, and I think Brody was also there. Yes, I, I believe it was the four of us. We saw it. 2019 it came out right after my birthday i think in february and one of the few movies that i teared up in okay i don't think that you just teared up i think that you did cry no i don't think i fully cried um well maybe i shed some tears if you count that as crying but i was emotionally i would say tearing distraught tearing up is water gathering in your eyes crying would be anything falling from your eyes down your cheeks yeah so I, i probably cried um, and then I was emotionally kind of drained for the rest of the day because that movie just it was it was a nine year journey for me. And How to Train Your Dragon, I still watch all the time. I think the score is my favorite oh. soundtrack of any movie. Oh yeah, it has a phenomenal uh, score. John and this was John Powell's first solo uh, composition, and he went absolutely off. So, How to Train Your Dragon, either my first or my second favorite movie of all time. So, yeah, I just love it. I could talk for an hour about that movie. I've I've ranted to Tori for a considerable amount of time, and I don't think she listened. Yeah, if I didn't work every day this weekend and for the next week, I would sit down and watch all three of those in one sitting. Yeah. They're fantastic movies. Well, anyways, uh, the last item on my list uh, is Ready Player One. It's another one that I've... Hmm, interesting choice. It's another one that I have discussed on this podcast before. Um, I do think that the book is a lot better. The book would probably be at least top five books I've ever read slash listened to because audiobooks are awesome. Um, it's It's great. You know, it's uh, for anyone that doesn't know, maybe you didn't listen to our earlier episode when I talked about it. Basically, uh, this guy creates a massive VR world. VR, of course, meaning virtual reality. He creates this massive VR world, worlds, plural, because it's actually like a, a universe almost. And everyone lives their lives in there, conducts all their business in there. It essentially replaces the real world. And when he dies, instead of just giving all of his stuff to an heir because he doesn't have one, because he never got married, never have had kids, he makes a sort of contest. You know, the first person to find these three keys gets all of my money, which I think was like half a trillion dollars or something like that. Maybe half a billion. Yikes. 
it was a, it, a, lot, a of lot of money. Um, so it, it follows this guy, Wade Watts, and it, yeah, it, it's a contest to win all this, his, all, all this money and also prevent some, uh, not so great a guys from, from, uh, inheriting the Oasis, this, this virtual reality world. Uh, this is another movie from Steven Spielberg. He's another one of my favorite directors. I think a lot of people would agree that he's extremely talented. Um, yes, I think most people would agree. Yeah, it's a Warner Brothers produced movie, so they only used Warner Brothers uh, IPs. But you do get to see a lot of characters from all different sorts of media, whether it be video games, TV, movies, show up in there. And it's like uh, kind of like a little bit of a nerd's paradise. Mm-hmm. So that one is on HBO. So Ryan, if you haven't seen it, I'd suggest checking it out. Potentially, I will. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my final item on my list. Good selection. That's a good group of good group of movies. I I like to think um, so. Yeah. So my final movie is not a well received movie. Spider Man Three. No, it is a Marvel movie though. Um, and it's an odd choice, but there's a very specific reason why. It is Avengers: Age of Ultron. Ryan, is it because this is the first Marvel what? movie we saw together? So, this movie was the first Marvel movie that I saw in theaters, and it just so happens. That this is also the movie that, in my opinion, kicked off kind of our friendship. So not to get all mushy and sappy, Aww. but this movie kind of came out right around the same time, freshman year, that Daniel and I went on an art club field trip. And we were the only uh, dudes our age on the trip. So naturally, we just kind of hung out together. And I, w- I wouldn't really say that we were necessarily friends at that time. We knew each other. I was kind of friends with Andrew because we were both in football together. But you had obviously an interest in superheroes. And I kind of had an interest in superheroes. I liked creating characters with superpowers. And <laughs> if you remember, we, we planned on making our own comic book universe. Cosmic comics. The, uh, I think it, at first it was actually Infinite Comics because we were going to call it the ICU yeah, yeah, that does yeah. <laughs> infinite comic universe, and we created like two dozen different characters and stories over the weekend. And I don't know if Age of Ultron. Well, I'm assuming Age of Ultron came not too long afterwards. And your mom took both of us to go see it. It was my first Marvel movie that I, I think it was the first MCU MCU movie that I saw, and it was the first one I saw in theaters for sure. And from that movie on, you and I saw, what what was it, like 10 consecutive Marvel movies in a row at least Ooh. on opening night? Uh, that's a great question. Let me. I mean, it was all the way up until Black Panther, I think. Yes, and the only reason we did not see Black Panther was because I was a few hours yeah, you were, you, uh, for a uh, yeah. sports thing. I was at, it was either yeah, so, or I mean, another tournament for curling. So yeah, so this movie kind of has a two two part emotional meaning for me. Like it it both started my love for the MCU in this kind of chapter of my life, 
being a Marvel super nerd, but it also kind of designates the point of our friendship and kind of partnership in this in this nerd nerd culture thing that we have going on. So Hey Ryan. That movie yeah. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I hate you too. Okay. <laughs> Understandable. No, but yeah, this movie has a very, very deep connection for me, so I'm still waiting this on them to release list. that marble uh statue thing that they showed during the yeah, end credits. I, I thought for sure they would release yeah, it for right? something. That that was such a cool design. Like I can't even find they really a, missed out I can't there. even find a three D model of it online from the looking I did a number of months ago. Uh, I you know I, we'll learn how to use Blender and and make Brian, it. Ryan, the amount of detail on that would be remarkable. You could sell that for so much money. I guess, but nah. Yeah, so th- th- that's my top ten. Not my top ten. My ten of uh, ten of my favorites. You know what? Extremely respectable. Anyways, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about today? Not really. We're we're stretching well over an hour now, so I think it's about time we wrap it up all right works for me well hey guys uh thanks for listening in uh this is a little bit different from what we normally do but it's something that we've wanted to do for a little while and uh yeah hopefully this gives you a little bit better insight as to who ryan and i are as people probably not it's just a few movies that we like but anyways thanks again for listening if you'd like to reach out to us for any reason in particular our email address is sttpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram, Small Town Nerds, spelt exactly how you'd expect, no spaces. Uh, I will also say thank you for to I Fight Dragons for the use of our theme song, The Geeks Who Inherit the Earth. Not entirely sure if we're using that this week, uh, because with it being spooky season, we might have to switch it up. But maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't. Either way, thanks to them for letting us use the song. Um, and thanks to Ryan, I guess, for going on this sort of podcast <laughs> adventure with me even though bringing the podcast back Aww. was his idea as well yeah it was my idea yeah um so i would like to say again it's spooky season every week we're doing a little bit of a, a horror movie or scary movie kind of theme but in in addition to that we do have three different shows that are wrapping up around the same time so we're going to be re- reviewing those in consecutive order next week will be She-Hulk. We will be reviewing the first season or series of She-Hulk, followed by the following week with Rings of Power, Yikes, and then ending it off on Halloween with House of the Dragon. So stay tuned. We have all those in addition to the scary movie stuff that we will be doing. So we have a lot coming your way in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. It will be awesome. That's very exciting stuff. Well, anyways, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. I said it already like four times, whatever. Thanks again, again. And uh, we'll see you next week with another spooky episode. Not really. Ooh. Well, maybe spooky in the sense that we're talking about She-Hulk, which is yikes. <laughs> spooky. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we will see you in a week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Don't die till then. Bye. Bye-bye. Ooh.